explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Would you prefer a different chair? Would you prefer a bar stool? No, no, that's fine. This is this is all good. Once I put this pillow back here, I'm uncomfortable in like the best of chairs. Although I got a massage yesterday and it was great. Yeah, it's just like a thing you make time for? No, not ever. Uh, this was the first time I got one. Actually, the second time I ever got one. I've never had a massage. Yep. Because I think I'd have some kind of uh, personal space anxiety about it. You might. Um, but one thing I found is that that would pretty routinely come up on the morning show when I was hosting with Chelsea. Right. And I guess she went for massages semi-regularly, so it would come up on the show. She'd have a story or something, and I would often offer up, I've never had a massage before. They make me uncomfortable. The right. idea of them makes me uncomfortable. You wouldn't believe how quickly spa owners want to tell you that their massage wouldn't make you uncomfortable. It's just like the lines light up from three different massage places, spas, and they all want to convince you to become a spa person. It's like like they hear me say that and they're like, oh my God, I know the textbook response to the people who feel that way. I have to let him know so I can maybe get a new client. And I feel like a lot of it might be normalized around them because they are giving massages every day. So they're... They can't imagine people being uncomfortable about it. But even having my first massage like a couple years ago, I was lying there like, yeah, what what do I do right now? Yeah. Like, am I supposed And then like once it starts though, you really are like, okay. The, the worst is kind of the wait before where you're just kind of like under. They're like, okay, just get under the towel and I'll be back in a couple minutes. Well, and it's just like going to the doctor and having mm-hmm. a, a drop trow there. Like you are... <laughs> Don't get it in your head. Dis, 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 um, disabuse yourself of the illusion that you're any different you're from the rest of their day. Fr- yeah, 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 exactly. So that's fair. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's just like you're put. I don't even really like getting haircuts. Like my <laughs> the place I got my my hair cut closed recently, mm-hmm. and I would give anything to know where Martine was cutting hair now. Right. I have no idea how to find out. Martine. I don't know her last name. I can't Facebook her. Right. But I don't know where she's cutting hair now. And that stresses me out because now I have to go to strangers and, and let you, them. You, you didn't have any course of conversation before you left? like. No, because it just suddenly closed. Oh, wow. It just suddenly closed. I don't really know what happened. God. It's very upsetting. But I went to your place. Yeah. And they were very pleasant in there. And they were very efficient, which uh-huh. I appreciated. Right. But the lady who cut my hair, man, she was just a little bit too much for me. Too like, talkative. Well, I'm okay with that because I can like, I can chat along. Yeah. That's fine. But like, I found her a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> like she had these, she had these uh, acrylic fingernails that were like probably made out of like dinosaur bone or something. And she dragged them along my scalp and she shredded my scalp. Oh, God. Like if she drew blood, it wouldn't have surprised me. You know what? It's, it's kind of like playing roulette every time you go in there. You're always going to get a, a fine haircut. But yeah. some of the personalities that you bump into can be a little like, I just just cut my hair, please. I know, and like, I'm starting to need a haircut again because I haven't had one since before Christmas, and it's so easy to did, go there. Did you go in at like lunch? Yeah, because I did today, and it was perfect. Oh, that's fine. I'll perfect. probably go on Friday. Got yeah. lunch because I know sure. I'll have some time then. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, I always like if I leave dis- dissatisfied with my haircut. Yeah. I'll say I'm never going back there. Right. Six weeks later, I go back there. Sure. Because it's so much easier to go to the place that gives you a marginally satisfactory haircut than to find another place. Totally. I, I basically dealt with that twice today because I had to drop my car off somewhere and I had to get my haircut. Both places aren't <laughs> like amazing. Right. But they're just right there. They're convenient and they're already in your Rolodex. Exactly. Yeah, I understand. But yeah. Anyway, are so you, I would are, I would recommend getting massage. Are you down off your your Super Bowl high yet? I uh, yeah. I want to open weird. this episode with with the audio from you cheering in celebration, if that's okay with you. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because I I want this to live on forever. I, it was my favorite part of the Super Bowl was just seeing how happy you were. <laughs> I I couldn't if you sat. So this was Super Bowl fifty one, Patriots versus Atlanta. 
Atlanta basically went up 28 to 12 at mm-hmm. one point. Well, I think it was, in any case, the Patriots were It was were devastating. Da- it Patriots was were down 25. Yeah. Um, and we were, like, it was just, the Patriots were completely out of the game. I was mm-hmm. getting texts at half saying, this is the end of the run. Like, I checked Brady's my Snapchat garbage. today, and I saw the Snapchat that you sent before the comeback. Yeah. And, well, it was, it was before the comeback, but they had been doing better up to this point, and you were really amped up. And you said, you were going into overtime, and you said, guys, no matter what happens, even if we don't win, we're in overtime. <laughs> like yeah. you, were, you were already setting yourself up to be satisfied with what. I'm so happy. Like, it was honestly such a blur. The entire thing was such a blur. I don't remember sending that snap. I wasn't that drunk. Like, I didn't. Really? You I, seemed shit-faced. Did I? Yeah, of course. I, I think I've never I was, heard you make that noise before. I was just absolutely coursing with pure adrenaline the whole time. <laughs> like, I was not. It, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was just so fired up the entire time. I, I kind of felt like it went by too quick at the end. I watched overtime over again. Yeah. But yeah, I was pre- yeah, I was probably a little bit more inebriated than I needed. It's kind of weird because it's it's weird to see a Cinderella story with the team that's not Cinderella. Like yeah. a, a great comeback is exciting, but if they hadn't been so down right. and so out, it wouldn't have been that exciting that they won no. other than that you're, they're your team because they're obviously going to do well. And the it's their like fifth Super Bowl with Tom Brady and right. Bill Belichick. So, yeah, I mean, to me, I just like to enjoy it now because I've been watching them since I was in grade eight and mm-hmm. I just like love the idea that I'm watching a dynasty. Like one of my teams is a dynasty. Were they not when you got on board? They had won. I mean, is Brady a lifer with the Patriots? Yes. Yeah. I think they'd won two Super Bowls by that time. Okay. And then I kind of got on at a high point, but I just cheer for all Boston teams anyway. Right. But then I, the next Super Bowl that they were in didn't happen until they actually, I think they won the Super Bowl the first year that I watched every single game. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't happen again for eight years. Right. That they got to a Super Bowl. That they got to a Super Bowl? No, that they won a Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Because they've been to a bunch of Super Bowls now. But no, I'd never, I'd, never, I'd never rob you of, of being excited for your team winning. It's, it doesn't matter that they're super popular. Mm-hmm. I think of a guy I was in radio school with. <clears throat> he works at, I think he works at 590 in, in Toronto. Oh, now. wow. He's, it seems to me he's done pretty well. His name's Sam. He's a big sports guy. Mm-hmm. A wonderful guy, too. I really loved him. Um, and I've never... I've never met a person in my life who loved any sports team more than he loved the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And through him, I could kind of see for the first time in my life why sports mattered at all. Right. Because he felt so emotional about them. Yeah. And you could tell by the look on his face when he'd walk into school on any given day right. whether or not the Leafs won last night. Really? And I, I don't know. I just kind of I witnessed like a really pure, mm-hmm. authentic uh, love of yeah. a team through him. I, I was talking today about to BJ Wilson, who was saying that he didn't understand why people like why it matters to anyone. Yeah. What team wins? Because, you know, he, I don't know if he ever really picked a team. He will. He likes watching sports, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he ever really picked a team and like, just like dug a stake in the ground that's on that strange. team. And I think that's where you end up liking mm-hmm. team. Like no matter what, I was just like, okay, I'm going to be a Boston Celtics fan. I'm following them through, Thick and thin, and yep. and when you're when you don't live in the area, it's a lot harder to, to I, I guess kind of go with it. Like, right. You know. Okay, I'm committing. I'm just going to watch every single game. I'm just going to. When they're in the city, it's it it's more ingrained in everyone. You know. If yeah, you're, but around here, there's such a stronger dichotomy. Like you right. like a Boston team randomly. Yeah. And the neighbor might like you know, Cincinnati or some other yeah. team that doesn't exist or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of have to pick and choose based mm-hmm. on what you've seen. And maybe that's where I've felt a little bit left out in the sports thing. Like I missed the day where everybody picked their teams and I don't even know how to pick a team. Remember last year we were talking about this with the Cavaliers? With your Cavs. It was like with my Cavs. Like it was fun for me to watch that team and namely just LeBron because even as somebody who knew nothing about sports, I can see that he is inhuman. Right. Like he's spectacular to watch. So that and was I, exciting. And I think that's an entry point into sports for people. People usually get in when when teams are doing well. Right. But then there was this part of me that felt, we talked about this, that felt kind of awkward about just jumping on the bandwagon of some team that was really great. Right. But but it's way more likely than you jumping on the bandwagon of a team that's really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not even a bandwagon. You're I just guess. 
jumping on. I guess it's, so. It's hard to just say, you know what? I'm going to be a Milwaukee Bucks fan last <laughs> year. Never heard of them before. No. Okay. No. Well, they're a team, and it would be weird to just stake your claim to them because okay. it's harder to find games. Is that a football team? No, it's a, a basketball team. Oh wow! And I sort of like basketball. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> actually a lot better this year because I have this insane rookie. But did you see that somebody stole Brady's jersey? I heard it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I well, I heard about it. Yeah, I should say I didn't hear the stealing happening. He but. left it in the locker room or something, and he was like, "Yeah, that's insane! I can't believe that it it happened." Yeah, but somebody apparently had to tell him like. Tom, let's just let's go to the party. We gotta go. Yeah, like, let's let's get it. over it. It's fine. Man, I was reading about his diet yesterday. I want to adopt his diet, which is slightly more intense than my diet. I think like he doesn't eat tomatoes because they're inflammatory. What? <laughs> yeah, like it, his diet is insane. Which yeah. which you understand why he's only been injured once, mm-hmm. and he is a forty year old man now, mm-hmm. and he looks like he's thirty two. Yeah, Tw- yeah, in his mid twenties probably. Yeah. But and he's in perfect shape. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a handful of people who represent who represent the best in their game. Yeah, and is that fair to say? Is he the what they're saying is the goat? Yes, is that what he is? There, yes, he definitely is the greatest of all time. Um, there's one of those guys in every sport, and he leads by a tremendous amount, or she leads by mm-hmm. a tremendous amount. And LeBron's the same way. He yes. he invests hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into his body alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. He basically replicated the exact workout gym that they had at in Cleveland mm-hmm. and the exact actual physical gymnasium, like basketball gymnasium in his house. Right. And all the nutrition and diet stuff that he goes through. And so like, my friend Duncan has this theory that whatever sport the greatest athletes enter into in their youth or in yeah. their childhood is purely cultural. It's purely by the design of where they come up in life. Like his his theory is, is that LeBron if, would have been just as good a hockey player. Yes, or? his theory is that if if. P.K. Subban's parents never left Kenya or wherever. Right. He would be one of the world's greatest track stars because what makes them great is their drive and love for the game that they entered into. Right. Not necessarily their aptitude for those specific skills. That's interesting because it, it really is hard to say. There are some people where you think, like Michael Phelps, your body was absolutely made for swimming. Sure. But would you be just as good at basketball? I mean, or? he's very lean. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um. Or like Bolt or one of those guys probably would be. And I wonder if it's just luck times skill times genetics. It's definitely luck. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that in many cases it's it's got to do with money. Right. I mean, like a lot of the great a lot of the greatest hockey players were afforded the opportunity to become great because their parents could afford to send them to the best camps and be in the best leagues. That's very fair. Basketball's a little bit different. As long as you've got decent sneakers and a ball, you can get good at basketball. Right. Well, it's same with soccer. Yep. Soccer's not necessarily like... That's why there's a lot of impoverished Indian soccer uh, fans. Right. Yeah. Because they can... Like, Lionel Messi, I think was from Argentina, and they plucked him at like age 13 mm-hmm. to go train for the farm team, basically, of uh, Madrid or... And did he come from the streets no i don't think so he's kind of a bad example because okay. he was he wasn't like a, a significantly poor person but there are a ton of super famous soccer players that were that way right and i think some parents justify it by this is an investment like Sidney crosby's parents for all the money they spent to make sure he got to be as good as he could be right um they've made that money back now because oh, yeah. he has endless amounts of money but there are so many delusional parents who think their kid is going to play in the big leagues that's kind of the weird thing isn't it yeah the pageantry of of parenting uh an athlete and i wonder how hypnotizing it is like you can see it we can see it but once you have a kid you kind of fall down the the trap of oh my kid's really good at sports and he likes doing it and maybe he could be the next gretzky or the next crosby and well that and you just you're watching your kid and when he if if he is at any rate the best on the team, yeah. he's of course the best in the world because what right. you're watching is the whole world. Is the world. I read an interesting thing uh, yesterday about how PE class, gym class mm-hmm. in junior high, high school, even elementary can actually be counterproductive for people learning to live healthy lifestyles if young people attach 
embarrassment or harassment sure. or trauma. Yeah. To, it was They specifically zeroed in on that classic way of picking teams where you have two team captains and they take turns picking people. Right. I mean, we actually did that in my junior high. Like, you think that that would have been put to bed 20 years before right. I was in junior high. But we were doing that not when I was in junior high. And I was bottom five every time. Yeah. And of course I was. Like, if I was one of the captains, I would have picked me in bottom five too. <laughs> but it it didn't hurt any less. Right. You know, it's emotionally destructive. So, sure. So a lot of people then subconsciously or consciously associate trauma or discomfort uh, or just the idea that they can't do something right. with physical activity in general and sure. they get fat. Sure. Well, I mean, you don't like, you don't like running outside. Exactly. That's a good point. And you, you think you've never thought maybe that factors into it? I blame Mr. Upshaw from grade <laughs> seven. <laughs> <laughs> no effort to censor the the name out. No, because he actually like, wasn't the guy. He didn't call do it. him out. Oh, he, was, okay. he was a great guy. He was our vice principal. Oh, okay. too. yeah. <laughs> so much love. Shout yeah. out to Mr. Upshaw was cool. Upshaw. When we had dances, he would DJ, and he would be DJ Corruptshaw. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that how, stayed with me. Hey, how old is Mr. Upshaw? Uh, he was probably. I mean, I have no idea because I was like thirteen, but he was probably forty when I was thirteen. Okay. I wonder if I. He had like a very gravelly voice. He's a black guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he uh, his son, Graham, Graham Upshaw. Maybe. And, and yeah, I played basketball with them. There you go. His, oh. his, his dad was a good teacher and a gym yeah. teacher. Oh, crazy. Yeah. That's insane. But generally speaking, I didn't like gym because it made me uncomfortable. Right. But Mr. Upshaw, good fella. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So a long way, <laughs> a long walk for <laughs> a short a, drink of water. Yep. Um, so what else happened this week? Uh, SNL. Oh, we boy. talked about... Uh, okay, yeah. So I texted bit. you when I was watching SNL yes. just to say this is the greatest weekend update train wreck I've ever seen. I Didn't know. Didn't hear back from you for 24 hours. Which I... I know. Sorry about that. That's fine. That was during the Super Bowl yeah. or Super Bowl day. Yeah. And I... Uh, once we finally watched it, I texted you and said, okay, we're right about to watch it. And I told Jen and she was like, oh, well, now I'm just really going to judge it because, because I'm waiting for it. Yeah. And I'm like, once it happened, we were like... This is the most obvious train wreck ever. First of all, the the huge slip up by Michael Che. I know Michael. It's it's as if Michael Che forgot how to read, he, or like, or had never read those jokes before. Like right. you know, how sometimes you're reading something, you have to read it twice because you mess it up. Yeah, and but, then and I think he got in his own head because mm -hmm. he was thinking, okay, I'm messing this up on live TV. It really happens badly. to me when I'm on the radio. Then, yeah, if I'm reading something I've prepared. And I decide in the comfort of the moment, I'm going to get a little extemporaneous and I mm -hmm. throw in this word instead of that word. Suddenly I lose my place. I yep. lose my train of thought and the whole thing unravels. Totally. Uh, and I think that probably happened to him. Yeah, I think so too. And then Colin Jost accidentally ended the show early. It's yeah. like, oh wait, uh, uh, no, I, <laughs> I ended this too early. And then they started like making jokes about how they were messing up, which was yeah. making it even worse. And it more was obvious. Yeah. Although I thought the line about how you just saved my job when Jost messed yeah, up, I thought that, was, that was funny. Yeah. Cause it took us in. But I thought when Jost said, uh, I feel like quoting our hosts monologue. Right yeah. Now, I was like, Ew. it was kind of mean. I mean, right, sure. like I said, a couple of weeks ago, I kind of like Kristen Stewart. I think that she's just, she not, was surprisingly good. She was really good in a couple of things. The, yeah. the sketch, where she was Giselle Bunchen, she was really good. That was excellent. The sketch where she had the beanie on and she took it off yeah. and she had the reverse mohawk. That was for the most part pretty good. She was pretty good in that. Yep. There was something towards the end I thought she was really good in. This was, if anyone's listening to this after the fact, this was the first time we saw Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer. Oh, yeah. Who was, well, that's the other thing is that that really stole the show. It did. And I don't always love her, and she, but that I was know. something else. She was really good and... Who thought of her for that, or did she... Do you know the story behind I it? I don't know. Okay. But it sparked a very interesting dialogue on Twitter. Okay. So, Sean Spicer commented on it. Right. And for all of his shortcomings, he seems to have been a pretty good sport about it. He yeah, said, he, he just said, I thought it was a little over the top. He said it was a little over the top. I think gum. they probably ate a little bit too much gum. Yeah. He says, but generally, I find SNL funny. So, that was cool of him. Right. But Donald Trump thought it was mean. Yeah. And he's apparently not only mad at SNL, but mad at Sean Spicer for being weak enough in the public eye that a woman would play him on oh, SNL. Oh, wow. That's a real thing that's out there. Man, so now, you can't even keep up. So now it's been suggested, well, if it makes Trump angry, what if we were to have only women play members of his cabinet? 
Oh, right. So it's been suggested that nothing would get under Donald's skin more than to have Rosie O'Donnell play Steve Bannon. Oh, and that would be extraordinary. That's really interesting. Yeah. At the same time, are we, and, and I'm just playing devil's advocate sure. because obviously I love it. Is this the, the heaviest they've gone in on any president? Uh, I think it's, I think it's like comparing apples and oranges. I think it's sure. like, I think it's like comparing flesh tone and oranges. Right. Because, um, he's just a whole other thing. Yeah. Like you're right. I was thinking about this earlier today. Remember when Kanye West, when Mike Myers were on TV in the telethon, he said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. Or like when the Dixie chicks, uh, when Natalie Maines rambled off about right. how awful George Bush was, that wasn't a time where it was one thing to be critical of your president, but maintain respect you're still a member of this country mm-hmm. it, nobody would would bat an eyelash if somebody got, got on television and said donald trump doesn't care about this group of people because people have been saying that forever right it'd be more surprising if they didn't do it at an opportune time exactly like if the oscars goes off without someone addressing the trump administration but for all the argument on trump's end, on trump's end that snl is no longer funny or relevant it was marked this week by nielsen had their highest ratings in 22 years yeah yeah, and, and like what I said too was every election year is obviously really huge. This has been an extended version of that. Sure it is. Because it was election year into a holy shit, this president is doing crazy shit. It's gotten week. better. Yeah. I mean, as, as sad as crazier. the world is right now, they've, they're, and they're, they're going to have to space themselves out. But if you're new on SNL, if you're Mikey Day right now, right. you got to work really hard, keep your head down, mm-hmm. and watch yourself become a huge star in the next few years because you are in a golden age on that show that is true yeah and by the way was it him or was it the other guy who did casey affleck in the family feud sketch and it was bang on it was the other guy it was bang so good yeah his his impressions are great what is his name the guy who plays the other trump i don't he's the only member of the cast that i can't remember their name but he's really good yeah excellent i think all the new ads are pretty good yeah I'm, I'm, i'm i'm failing to remember a lot of specifics oh i did like the digital short with pete holmes claire right claire i thought that was yeah. really funny yep that was good <laughs> you spelt manhattan 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 oh it's <laughs> with, not manhattan with, with two d's <laughs> oh it's not manhattan yeah it's no. always fun also when somebody drops an f-bomb on snl it happens every couple of years sure um i think she handled it well enough oh sure it's although fine. i was talking to someone at work who said they thought it was planned no. i donn't think so no it wasn't i don't think planned. so at all no it wasn't planned why would they bother to waste their time planning that yeah not snl but her I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Well, yeah, I think she probably says the F word a lot. Yes. And she was just, that's probably true. Her, her monologue about how Trump tweeted her a bunch of times. I know. Was really good. That's, I totally I, forgot about that. I've been seeing it a little bit lately. Yeah. Somebody brought it back up on HuffPost or whatever, but right. it is bananas how. So weird. Yeah. Free invite extends to Robert Pattinson. It almost seems like universe. he's a troll, doesn't it? It almost yeah. seems like he is aware of the character he is. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. I don't think I want to give him that much credit. And so now they're talking about spinning off Weekend Update into its own show, which they've done before for um, for election cycles. They oh, do they okay. do like Thursday night specials. They're right. talking about making it like a regular uh, twelve episode season every year oh, kind wow. of thing. Yeah, and they I haven't done know. that for a whole season though. No, they've not. They've and, done primetime things in election years. And before. I like Jost and Che. I didn't at first. I do now. They've grown on me. Granted, this past weekend was not so hot. I don't think they're Seth Meyers tight. I don't think they can pull it together and just bang it off. And that's that's the thing. It was Seth Meyers and Amy Schumer and... Amy Poehler. Sorry, and Amy Poehler. Yeah. And And uh, Tina. And And they were, were, yeah, they were gold. They were incredible. But even Jimmy Fallon was pretty good. I mean, like, this is... There's something to the... There's something charming about the way... Michael Che is pretty chill when he's there. The way he puts his foot up on the desk at right. the end, and like, yeah. and he like giggles at the end of every Colin also, Jost joke. I what, like that. What but was I, Colin Jost saying to Michael Che at the end of? Because it seemed like he just <laughs> leaned into him with serious concern about like, uh, what just happened. I wonder we if do they that. do they have IFBs in their ears? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But you'd think they would. Yeah, for that kind of thing, like every newsman does. Sure. Um. But there's nothing that's going to be changing. That's there's true. It's not, not any breaking notes news. that yeah. they need to give like halfway through. Although, 
Although maybe, you know, if the director comes over the year and says, you know, we're skipping the next joke, we're down 18 seconds or something. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. I and But this week is the big week with Alec Baldwin. This is the one they're going to build up to. I was actually a little bit surprised he came out last weekend because I thought they'd save him up. Right. But you can't have too much. No. Yeah, you really can't. It's his 17th. 17th. Uh, he already has the record for most hosting mm-hmm. ever, but he's going to break his own Separate record. Separate it out. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll actually be away for that, so I'm hoping to like record it somehow. Oh yeah, you fly away Saturday. Yeah. What time's your flight? Hopefully in between snowstorms. Uh, oh, shit, that's right. Fly, which as of right now, it is in between snowstorms. Are we but supposed to get more snow on the weekend? On Sunday. That's a ways off. Yeah, we'll it's see. the day after I fly out. So You're it's supposed like to get snow tomorrow, like two, crazy. Yeah, it's supposed to be two on Saturday that I fly out. I think you're about right. I think so too. Knock on wood. Do you Hopefully have direct? Toronto you don't is have also a dr- all right. Okay, you don't have a direct. Yeah. I when I go to Florida in May, we have to fly to Boston mm-hmm. and then to Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, we're kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Although, I, if ever there was an airport to walk through the terminal and see a big portrait of Donald Trump, this would be the one. But I don't know. What? Don't know about that. Atlanta's pretty, pretty black too. I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, which I don't see a lot of. You know, like that's true. He had like zero percent of the black vote or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. um I've been in the Atlanta airport before. I love it. I found so I, I find McDonald's tastes better the deeper south you go. Oh, cool! Fast food just tastes better. All right, Becky, if you're listening to this, remember that we're gonna get McDonald's in Atlanta, yeah. or even better, get like um, Chick Fil A or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I've been in a I've been in like so many states, but just in the airport. Yeah, and technically, when you're past customs, you're not legally in that state. You're uh, you're in like <laughs> just right. in purgatory. Purgatory. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I one time did a flight. It was such a long flight to Florida that was here to Boston, Boston to Washington, Washington to Atlanta, Atlanta to Florida. Holy hell. Yeah. That's crap. I, maybe I went to Toronto first. I think it was just here straight to Boston. But They announced this week that they are opening Star Wars Land in Walt Disney World and Walt Disneyland uh, in 2019. Oh, okay. So the way Universal did like a big Harry Potter themed park, there's yeah. going to be a Star Wars world within both uh, wow. Hollywood awesome. Disney and California Disney and, and Florida. I'm all in on that. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be so cool. There's even kind of an elements of Star Wars in Disney World right now. Yeah, that's true. But like Star, what do they call it? Star Tours? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or it's, uh, it's some sort of catchy name like that that they do. Uh, have we talked about any Star Wars updates lately? It seems like they, they come all the time, but we don't really address it too much. I, mean, I don't the, know. The there, Last Jedi is the name of Episode Eight. I kind of thought there was going to be a trailer during the Super Bowl. But yeah, a lot of people know. did. The Stranger Things trailer is really the one that everybody yeah, jumped in on. Yeah, that was cool. And apparently there's a bunch of cookies in it that you could... Yeah, I've seen some articles. I haven't looked into them, but mm-hmm. like the pin on Dustin's jacket, and right. I like that he was dressed like a Ghostbuster. Right. It looks like it's probably Halloween time, and it's coming out at Halloween. Yeah. Oh, cool. A lot of people were were tweeting about how how long of a wait that is. That's when it came out last year. Yeah. Like that's not that's Waiting not a shocking year for to me. Shows fine. Yeah, that's how it's always. We gone. all finished it way too quick. It was very very little. Such a little snippet. Yeah. A little Eggos commercial in there. Mm-hmm. That was kind of funny. Yeah. But people are excited about that. I maintain that it's going to be very hard for them to to keep the the level of attention that they got in the first year. Yeah, I think so too. I uh, yeah, it's hard to follow up. It's hard to have a sophomore sophomore comeback like that, especially when you start out so strong. Mm-hmm. I saw that Walking Dead is coming back soon. Yeah, it's back on Sunday. They didn't take off a very big hiatus for their midseason. They at the time when they said. Uh, it's not back until February. It seemed like a long ass time. Yeah. It might've been, it was, I don't know, I guess beginning of December, end of November. Okay. I think. Okay. That they did it. So, Hey, speaking of zombies and Netflix originals, Mm -hmm. we do have a new one to discuss. Right. And we paired it with another show, which we planned to do for a previous podcast, and then something else came up. We didn't end up doing that one, or we didn't do it at all that week. Right. So that show is True Blood. I I haven't watched the pilot of True Blood in probably six months. Mm-hmm. So do you want to do the 30-second uh, yeah. explanation of what it is? Okay, just one sec. Uh, we I'll can use my phone, phone for the timer. Where is it? 
Oh, this is good radio right now. All right, hang on. I got the phone out. Holy crap. There, we'll 30 it. seconds to cover everything from a show that I didn't like six months ago? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All right, ready, go. Okay, so there's this girl named Suki, and she has a big gap in her teeth, and she works in a diner, and she has this supernatural ability to read people's minds, and she lives in a world where it's suddenly okay to openly be a vampire because the world has just released this serum that kind of stifles the the vampire's need to suck blood, so everybody's much safer in their community. But suddenly there's all these like murders and stranglings that are happening, and she can't read everyone's mind like she once was able to, and she gets attacked in the middle of a foggy street, and the episode ends with them beating her senseless. That's all I remember, 37. <laughs> that was that was really good <laughs> and you didn't say uh or um once well that's unbelievable to but me. i don't remember much of the story i just remember her getting attacked in the episode ending even the mind reading stuff i forgot yeah i don't remember a lot i don't know how we're really going to talk about this right but i remember hating it i remember thinking like there's there's no way yeah this I, is in the top 100 shows of all time i thought the same thing this show isn't good but, I mean, it had, like, a big cult following, and it helped a lot that it really came out in the Twilight Zone, yes, the, so to speak. The Twilight highlight of vampires. Yes, exactly. It, it was the Where first... that, the Vampire Diaries, like, literally everything that was coming out that was popular on TV was right, vampire-related. But if, in the age of vampires in uh-huh. fiction, if Twilight was number one, True Blood was number two with a bullet. Yeah, I think, and a Definitely. lot of people really enjoyed it. It was an, it, It's an HBO show. I find that a little hard oh, to believe. It seems too. so campy yeah and just like they didn't put a lot of effort into it it's also not highbrow like hbo is known for no it's it's very like gratuitous filth and by the way (laughs) i'm i'm not above filth like i said last week that uh i watched the first episode of riverdale and it's filth we watched the second episode and the second episode is filthier it's it's ridiculous isn't jughead like asexual is he asexual in the show uh jughead is asexual for the lack of a better term, in the comics. Yeah. Or at least he's just like, I think the idea, I think originally the idea were was kind of like based on like a Mercutio. Like I think he was supposed to resemble just, someone who was gay and in love with his best friend, but uh, they didn't want to go there in the 40s. Right. And then over time, maybe the publisher or the editor was like, no, we got to give Jughead a girlfriend. So they created this character of Ethel, who <laughs> was boy crazy and Jughead crazy. But... He wasn't into her, so he was always running from her. Uh, I think what they kind of morphed Jughead's sexuality into was that he was this like Greek chorus character who was just too wise for puppy love. Right. Like he was he was he was much above it. And is that what they did in the show? He is definitely a Greek chorus in the show. He's definitely the observer. Like his character is very brooding. Like Jughead's supposed to be silly, right? Right. And, but he's always in the in the malt shop writing his novel. He's like, ah, they keep calling me Jughead. And so he's the narrator of the show because he's writing his novel. Right. And oh, he's the narrator of the show. Yeah, sort of. Okay. And and so I think I think the creator said something about how they're not exactly sure how they're going to handle his <laughs> sexuality yet. But there's <laughs> there's they're, they've gone all over the map. They've already made Moose gay, and Moose is supposed to be like the most macho character. Uh, okay. In Archie, it all revolves around the suspicious murder. It seems uh, like the most obvious thing to do in any teen show now is make the toughest character gay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and have him struggle with they that. They did it in He's Shameless, on the football team. And, and they did it in Glee. They, they did it in Glee. Uh, absolutely. They did it in Pretty Little Liars, which this show is just Pretty Little Liars, except right. it can get away with being with even cartoonier because that's what you want from it. Right. And and by the way, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with the, with the romance drama shit. So you'll keep watching it? Yeah, because it's so easy and... It's it's painless to watch. Right. It's painless to watch. It's well, so easy. So maybe maybe there's a case to be made that you would enjoy watching the rest of True Blood. True Blood. Probably, because clearly it had something that people were able to sink their teeth into. Ah, uh, yep. Don't you love when and those things suck? Just, just show up when yeah. they just appear. Um, yeah. I uh, I never realized until watching that episode that that True Blood is called True Blood because. True blood is the synthetic blood that they st- sell in stores. Yeah, that you can. Oh, so that's what it is. It's not. It's not like an antidote. It's. It's a way for vampires to drink blood without having to kill somebody. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> so. So that's why it was kind of okay to be a vampire, right? Because they didn't have to necessarily kill anyone. But there were like all these murders happening. Yeah, I think there were still some rebellious vampires. Let me take a look at my notes because, like, I, I wrote this whole page of notes. Sure. 
six months ago and i haven't read them and the, since the other thing is i don't think that the true blood was quite as satisfying uh in terms of like big reveals no no i mean true blood that like the, oh. the synthetic blood wasn't as satisfying to the vampire it's like using a condom exactly yeah um oh yeah i did i did write down that they're apparently in the process of developing true blood into a broadway musical oh interesting. i read that recently um oh yeah i'm jo- not throwing away my shot at biting this guy's neck now i think that's probably his next project yeah exactly hamilton with vampires he um they released the the oscar luncheon photo the other day okay this is like where i get super dorky and like i watch them i don't just watch the oscars i watch them read the nominees like i get up at 8 a.m and i watch the stream and i and i look out for the oscar luncheon photo because it's super cool to see 200 nominees all smiling at the camera and lynn was in there yeah looking all happy he's not going to win this oscar though it's just not going to happen now uh boy i have really nasty writing vampires cry blood this is Likely an allusion to Anne Rice novels. I wonder what Anne Rice thinks of the the vampire. Who's Anne Rice? She she's she famously she's the John Grisham of vampires. Oh, she, really? She wrote like tons of novels about vampires. Interesting. Yeah. Not not horror novels. Oh or? no, they were. They were okay. absolutely gotcha. But but her her books are like paperback drugstore novels. Right. Not that they're bad, but I just mean like she has a tremendous catalog. Of novels, and for huh. a long time, she was kind of considered, uh, at least uh, fictionally speaking, in the world of literature, she was the authority on vampire fiction. Right. Um, and then Twilight came in, and whether or not you think Twilight is good is neither here nor there. It was it was hugely popular. So, sure. what would she think of that as right. somebody who has devoted her life to telling about mm-hmm. vampires? Do you think she read those books? And she, is she no longer with us? Or I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, who knows? I'm sure she was probably a champion of it. Like, hey, look look where it went. Yeah. Sexualized vampires. It's really, really, I've just rewritten the same thing over and over again. <laughs> um, oh, this is interesting. HBO intercepted Joe Manganiello from getting cast in Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Zack Snyder wanted to cast him as Superman. Right. But HBO said, no, you're working on True Blood. What kind of a different world would we live in if he played Superman? He has way more charisma than Henry Gavel, that's for sure. That's that's a good point. You mean maybe the franchise would have been overall more successful? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't blame actors because it's not Ben Affleck's fault that those movies are terrible. Right. And it's maybe not even Henry Cavill's fault. I don't know. But is it Christian Bale's success that he was so good as Batman? No. Or do you think anyone could have fit in that role? No, I don't think anyone could have. Right. But I don't so think both I don't think that if we cast Christian Bale as Batman instead of Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. man, uh, uh, Batman v Superman would suddenly have been good. We should just cast Christian Bale as Superman and see how he does as the test. <laughs> see if it gets way better. That's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> I think you, it'd be okay. You know what's, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, an even better Batman movie than The Dark Knight? What? The Lego Batman movie. Really? Which comes out this Friday. Which is weird. No one has seen this movie yet, have they? Well, the critics have. Just critics. It comes out tomorrow night, officially in theaters, but the critics have seen it, so the reviews have started pouring in. The Lego movie was really uh, well-reviewed. It really was. I I, I was really excited for it, maybe just because I had like a tremendous love for for lego growing up right and so i really went into it open-hearted mm-hmm. and i was wonderfully satisfied i got right. exactly what i hoped for it was beautiful it was creative it was odd yeah um, but i think a lot of people thought oh this is just going to be a 90 minute uh commercial right which it didn't turn out to be so a lot of people were really pleasantly satisfied enough that there was all this outrage over it not getting nominated for best animated feature right. the following year at the oscars and chris pratt was really good it's so funny in it it was fully comedy it was so funny um and so i think i think that people are going into this one with a better attitude Mm -hmm. with that in mind i was a little nervous i actually find it hard to believe that it could follow up the original lego movie i mean i think it's just a little bit more streamlined like the other movie was so broad because lego is literally as broad as it can possibly be they want to be as broad as possible let's bring in everything and so that was part of the joke we're in a room with gandalf and batman and and the the los angeles lakers yeah um this is more streamlined so if you have any kind of awareness of 
Batman culture at all from the last 50 years, as almost anybody does. So do they have Batman villains in it? Or Yes. Is okay, so okay. Zach Galifianakis is playing the Joker. Oh, I didn't he's, know that. He's the... Prime, he's the prime villain, right. but they've peppered in all kinds of other sure. villains okay. as well. So, so now I'm more excited for this than I was for the original Lego movie. Dude, now. I'm not even started. Yeah. They've got Catwoman in it. I forget who's playing her. Yep. You'll never guess in a million years who's voicing the Riddler. I have no idea then. Conan O'Brien. Oh, that's perfect. So, and Michael Sarah's playing Robin and... Mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes is playing Alfred, which is so fucking perfect. It's ridiculous. I think I might have seen... Um, uh, Michael Sarah do some Robin stuff, um, or maybe voice some lines or something. Billy D. Williams is playing Two Face, which is kind of, which is kind of a callback to an old Hollywood story about how he was originally supposed to be cast to play Two Face in a movie, and he lost the job last minute for whatever reason. To so, Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. So it's Forever? it's kind of a wink at the camera that he's voicing this character. Interesting. And so that that kind of furthers the self awareness of these films. Yeah. Um, and like I saw a clip, they've been releasing clips every day this week. I saw a clip today where Robin has just discovered or Dick Grayson has just discovered the bat cave and he's freaking out. He's so excited to see all the, all the bat gadgets. And they, they tore him past a, a, a Lego version of every classic Batmobile you've ever oh, seen really? in any movie or TV show, but they've got a Lego version of each one. And Batman keeps telling him, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Right. And then he pulls up the, the bat shark repellent. Yeah. And he says, okay, you can touch that. And you get that reference? Uh, I get it from the, it's from the original Batman. From the 60s like, Adam West yeah. movie. And just because that's so stupid. Right. He says, yeah, you can touch that. I have no use for that. <laughs> There's a shark repellent spray. And so it's got all kinds of little meta things in that. And it's, it's sitting at 60, no, it's sitting at 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's insane. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll see when I'm in Bahamas. You probably won't see it when you're in Bahamas. You can probably wait. Yeah, maybe there will be like a really rainy day or something. Are you going to do any golfing while you're down there? No, or any it's kind super of... expensive, man. Everything down there is really expensive. Okay, so you're just going to beach it up? No, I mean, I'm going to beach it up. I'm going to like possibly do some snorkeling. I mean, my friend lives down there too, so he's going to take us around a little bit and show us some sights. Are and... you one of those people who goes on vacation and kind of ingrains himself in the culture of... I would rather do that. Really? So you like you would be social with strangers on vacation? No, no, I don't mean that. I don't mean like I would just go to a bar and start talking to random people. I would the That's most kind of what I mean. Like I when we went to the the Dominican Republic last year, uh, Duncan just got sucked into this game of water polo, right? With a bunch of people we didn't know. Most uh, people that, didn't even yeah, speak English. I guess that might happen. I I wouldn't make a point of doing it. Right. I wouldn't say, hey, let's go. Well, he's six foot seven. He was desirable in any athletic. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if 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 that happens and you're just kind of make friends with a group of people, right. so be it. That's fun. That's happened to me. It usually takes a couple more people for me to be around. Like a couple of my friends meet up with a couple other friends. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I find it a little it's bit. It's just weird. you and Jen, though, right? Is it, yeah, yeah. But it's me and Jen and Fritz who right. lives down there. Yep. So he's going to take us around. So if like a couple of his friends are there and then, okay. You know. Uh, you going to bring Jest with you? No, I don't. I, I don't think so. Jen's recommendation was to not yeah. because she was like, no, you're going to ruin that book for sweets. Oh, I and don't care I about like, that. I would like for like, it to look red. So I feel like less of a douchebag with it on my shelf. <laughs> if you're okay with it, I'll definitely take it. Yeah. Bring it with you. I want to finish you're it. You're not so, going to ruin it. You're I, I want to finish it so badly. You're not going to read it underwater. No, I know. She's just like, you're going to get the pages like all bent up and have like sand in it and stuff. And I was like, I probably like would be able to eliminate the sand. No, I'd prefer it still be readable when I get it back. Sure. So that maybe someday I can muster together the strength. Um, But yeah, bring it with you. And you know what? If anything did happen, I would just pay 20 bucks and get you a new book. Exactly. It's fine. I've had it for so long. It's worth me paying $20. I I guess. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, I thought it was going to be done in like two two months but i've been on it for like is that what your plan was you're supposed to read it in two months yeah if i did 20 pages a day which ends up being at least an hour a day yeah no that's an impossible commitment yeah even if you were to do 20 minutes a day five days a week you would fall off that pretty fast yeah so where are you i'm at page 760 now Okay. And I think the last time we talked, I was like 730. So it's been a bit of a slow go. I was in chapters yesterday and I found myself leafing through the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yeah? Because like anytime 
there's an ask Reddit about what your favorite book is. Somebody says the Count of Monte Cristo is the the most fun I've ever had reading a book. Right. Uh, and it's like an old classic. Yeah. And so part of me wants to read that book because it's like high adventure. I'm writing high adventure right now. Sure. It's uh, Prison Break, which is exciting. We just watched The Shawshank Redemption for like the 12th time this past weekend. Yeah. Um, but it's 1,300 pages long. And so it's just a daunting thing. 1,300 if, pages. If it was four books... Yeah. And still 1,300 pages, I'd be more apt to to pick it up, even though that would be more expensive than one book. You should maybe try to sell that. What? The Count of Monte Cristo times four. So <laughs> so here's the first part. In four installments. One, one of four. Yeah. Yeah, just make a little box set mm-hmm. of, of more digestible little Ex- digests. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you put all the Harry Potter series together, can you imagine how daunting that would be? I'm surprised someone hasn't done that. I'm yeah. surprised that they don't have, like from Bloomsbury, just a, f- a comically wide <laughs> Harry Potter yeah. book. That would be massive. Yeah. It'd be like four feet wide. Yeah, that would be hilarious. I mean, they have it with Lord of the Rings. and it's Do they? Yeah, but it's just three books. Right. Three really long books. Yeah. And it's stupid big. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's no like way. You wouldn't you'd... even be able to sit on it with your lap there's no, and like hold there, the pages There's back. no backpack you could put it in. Right. And have it not be cumbersome. <laughs> you couldn't sit in bed. Like there's, especially, you know how like, and you probably found this with just a little bit, mm-hmm. when you're on page 18, yeah. like how awkward it is you're to hold. holding like a fistful of book in the <laughs> other side. Yeah. yeah. So you're in the middle now. You're not experiencing that at all. Oh, I'm in like the, I have like 200 pages left. The nice thing about a, about th- a book that big is that it sits open by itself. Right. Like a Bible. The thing is, the thing is about this book is that there's about 200 pages of footnotes. True. And I decide whether I want to read the footnotes or not. Okay. And sometimes the footnotes are full conversations that I deem as unimportant if they're only in the footnotes. There was another um, thread on our books last week about Infinite Jest because it was its 21st anniversary or something. Oh, really? Uh, well, the one you have, I think, is the 20th anniversary yeah. that I bought last year. Yeah. Um, I think it's it was its 21st birthday or something. And a lot of people... Because there's a lot of highfalutin readers in our books. Yeah. A lot of people talking about how it was the greatest literary experience of their life and that they have to read it every year or two. Right. Because they, they get something new out of it every time. I a bet. lot of people saying it is laugh out loud hysterical too. Um, I don't know if it's laugh out loud hysterical. I, I don't find it laugh out loud hysterical. I find things funny, but I've never responded like right. <laughs> like there's times where i'm kind of like hmm. yeah but never, never if i do that it. while reading a book it was pretty funny yeah that's honestly a, that's like if, if it got that from like a quiet moment that's exactly the way i read it too like there's even within the first 10 pages i was kind of like hmm. honestly the only reason you laugh at saturday night live not the only reason but a big reason you laugh out loud is because the audience is laughing that's why they do that right and sometimes you're laughing because someone else is laughing so hard in the actual skit. That's the Big Bang Theory, man. The only reason people think it's funny at all right. is because there are other people laughing. But I mean, like, when a skit breaks down, people think it's funnier. That's true. That, I mean, that that is... Saturday Night Live is maybe a different example than the Big Bang Theory sure. because the whole thing about it is, this is scary. It's the middle of the night and it's happening before our eyes. This could technically fall apart. Right. And it... It's the closest I've ever seen, maybe. It was this past weekend. Yeah. It was kind of ridiculous. But the skits weren't that bad. No, the show was good. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It just, it just had a couple of blips yeah. that made it more of a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm very sure they'll bring back Melissa McCarthy uh, again. In fact, just just based on response, I think it'd be surprising if she doesn't get a nominated, nominated for an Emmy for that appearance. Just yeah. because that's the kind of thing that gets nominated for right. Emmys. Yeah, again, I'm I'm really wondering how that came about. Did someone say, hey, we should ask Melissa McCarthy? Or did Melissa McCarthy say, hey, I'm free for anything if you want me to... Wouldn't that be strange? Yeah. Yeah, how does an idea like that come about? Like, did she call up Lauren and say, I've been working on a Sean Spicer? No. I don't think so. No. I think She's what a happened... friend of the show. They probably said, we got a weird idea. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think we've they said mind, all we can say about True Blood without... Uh, Without really accidentally complimenting it. Uh, oh, this is funny. I wrote this down a while ago. Apparently in the final season of True Blood, Sarah Palin was offered a cameo. That kind of says everything you need to know about True Blood, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
All right, from let's where move it went, on. I guess. Okay, so now it is your turn for the 30-second recap challenge. Where's my phone? Okay. Uh, do you want to use mine? Sure. All right. Here we go. Okay, so you have 30 seconds starting in. Oh, by the way, the show is called The Santa Clarita Diet. It's yes. the new Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Starting in three, two, one go okay so drew barrymore uh is in love with (laughs) timothy oliphant uh their husband and wife they've got one daughter she wakes up and she doesn't really feel that well she she gets the stinging pain you can tell early in the show that she's not a very bold person anyways she goes to show a house because the realtors they she throws up everywhere then she wakes up and her husband notices that she doesn't have a pulse she's actually a zombie she bites off nathan fillion's fingers and uh basically starts eating him by the end of the show okay and that's yes that's 30 seconds <laughs> that's 30 seconds you wasted a lot of time on on her Them not feeling well the... in the morning <laughs> i know i damn it okay now I'll, I'll give the breakdown that that we both i think had the same reaction on this yes it moved way too fast yes it happened so first scene they're in the kitchen she's talking about how she's you're supposed to try to get an idea of the type of character she is right. in like 30 seconds where she says, I well, wish first I of all, was that. she was every Drew Barrymore character. Yeah. Like kind of meek, but charming. Right. And she says, Jennifer Lawrence chopped off all her hair. I wish I was that bold. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, wait. I don't wish I was that bold. I wish I was like 80% bolder. No, wait, that's too bold. And that's <laughs> the type of right. character like impression you're supposed to get right. from her. And then they go and they show this house and she pukes all over the fucking bathroom like a hundred times it's kind of gross but and I, I can i just say like i know and like she dies yes apparently well she she does die she dies for like yeah she she she's technically dead after that happens yeah he goes he goes up to the bathroom timothy oliphant does to check realize she doesn't have a pulse and she's puked up like an organ i know it's slapstick yeah so like it was like a family guy amount of vomit literally right I know it's supposed to be ridiculous, yeah, but that was some of the worst acting I've ever seen when he thinks she's dead and he starts to cry and hold her. Yeah. That was, he was like smiling. It was like the worst acting I've ever seen. And it only lasts for like five seconds. Yep. And then she wakes up. And then she wakes up and he's like, oh, you're okay. And let's just take you to the hospital. And then. They reject her at the hospital. They reject her at the hospital because she just puked and they don't think that's a big deal. And uh, what else happened? So then they go home and she realized she's got a voracious sexual appetite, which kind of plays into the episode a little bit. Right. And yeah. She suddenly wants to go clubbing and stuff. The daughter. Yeah. And then the daughter decides, Hey, the husband, the husband realizes, Hey, she doesn't have a pulse and tells the daughter and the daughter says, we should take him, take her to see someone. And the we've someone, already we've already been introduced to this character as the the son of the neighbors, yeah, who has a crush on Drew Barrymore's daughter. Yes, and he's very weird. Yes, he's super weird, and he's apparently the one that can give info on her fucking medical outlook because he's got a knowledge of zombies. He's read they, The Walking Dead, so and, he would know. And they take him at face value, like they take his word for it. Uh, <laughs> and. And then they're just like, oh, I guess she's a a zombie and we need to kind of watch out for stuff and keep her fed. And yeah, it was, they just kind of accept it. And and then there's this, there's this hovering Nathan Fillion character who's also in the real estate game like they are. And he's kind of flirtatious with Drew Barrymore. And then he's very flirtatious with Drew Barrymore. And then suddenly he is ready to rape her. Yeah, he becomes the rapiest character in television history. And so she bites off his finger, and next we see she's eating him. Yes. He's super dead, and and she is eating him. And that's how they reveal that, by the way, this is a show about a woman who needs to eat people. And then Timothy Oliphant walks into the backyard where she's eating him, and kind of does like a shrug. Yeah, kind of like, <laughs> like a oh smile, like, no, like yeah, but you can't do that. What what are we supposed to do? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty bad, but I found myself laughing a couple times. Yeah, the, pu- the puke thing I just kind of laughed at. Sure. And then when they were in the hospital, and she says, "I feel pretty good," other than the fact that it smells like a bus terminal shit in my mouth. <laughs> that was funny. I, I laughed mean, really hard at that, but 
But yeah. I don't see it. And I'm not going to watch the rest of the show. No. Well, I mean, it was super gory. Like, the the last part, I had to avert my eyes. That was... I, Jen and I kind of had to, uh, like, look away, too. Because she bites off Nathan Fillion's fingers. Like that was gross enough. Sucking, sucking on his fingers and then bites them off. And they start, like, spewing blood in yeah. her face and her mouth. Yeah. yeah it was just Geysers of blood. super gory. Yeah. No, it, I, think, I think that the best criticism you can make is that everything that happened in the first episode could have been the first season. Right. They could have, they could have, yeah. and it would have been, it could it still could have been a comedy. It still could have been just as funny, right. but it could have been more dramatic as well. Yeah. Because like she could have been struggling with these very confusing urges she suddenly has. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to deal with this. Plus there's this looming Nathan Fillion character who we don't trust him, but like what's going to happen. They could have built up to it way more elegant yeah everything happened so fast we and that's what i was saying like it didn't establish itself at all it just and i'm never that critical of shows no but this one i was just like what the fuck what's happening no no i know no it was ridiculous it was ridiculous and (laughs) and i want a show to watch so badly right now and i'm just not gonna keep watching yeah i'm out of i'm i mean we have riverdale once a week but that's kind (laughs) of and I'm, i'm still watching this is us right by the way dude this is us is good Right. I cry so much now. You s- <laughs> I cry so much. I cried at something else recently. What was it? Oh. An Ed Sheeran song? Uh, no, I cried at that. It's another song. Uh, Port Cities, who are like friends of the radio station, they're coming right. in tomorrow. Right. I intend to tell them that their song Astronaut makes me cry. Right. And it just, Regularly. It just makes. does. It's made me cry twice. <laughs> Have you been at the station when it happens? No, because we don't play it on the station. Oh, okay. It's just an album cut. Gotcha. Um, but it's like a song about like, growing up in your dreams getting away from you and like not being the person you thought you would be do you want to role play this right now like like i'll be port cities for a second or i'll be dylan guthrow and you can say that to me uh dylan your song astronaut makes me cry was that your intention i don't know what i'm gonna (laughs) yeah yeah i I don't even know if i have a question surrounding it I, i just want to tell them like if your if your goal was to evoke emotion you did with They're this like, song. That song was supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Astronaut. Give me a break. Yeah, but it's spelled with two S's. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's good. I, uh, I probably wouldn't recommend watching... It sucks. We're at kind of a rough time right now for for television or i should say like a rough couple weeks you know what i was thinking like i I saw a headline i didn't read the article but i saw a headline today that that netflix has exchanged quality for quantity in terms of their original programming it's pretty cheap for them to do i think to produce a show yeah i think well i think if the show is done netflix just has to buy it Oh, that's possible. I don't know I if that's always th- the case. I think sometimes they go in. Sometimes they will like produce the show. Yeah, but like definitely with Stranger Things, that show was the pilot anyway was shot. It's already made. Yeah, maybe okay. it's just a pilot situation. Yeah, I mean the fact that they—I don't blame them for making the show. It had Drew Barrymore and T- Timothy Oliphant. Well, in and this it, was the like, point I wanted to get to. First of all, I don't necessarily agree because I think a lot of their shows are still obviously really great. Right. But the more shows you make the greater breadth there's going to be in quality. And by the way, people have different metrics for quality. Like there's, I don't, there's people that love the Santa Clarita diet. I they're, know. A lot of people are, are really enjoying it, and that's fine. I don't mean to sound snobby. Right. They're just covering off their bases. Yeah. People, and they're, they're bound to have some multi-camera studio audience sitcoms eventually, too, once they come back around, which mm-hmm. they always do cyclically. Right. Because there are people who want to watch those. Mm-hmm. In fact, they have The Ranch with Ashton Kutcher. Right. And I haven't really watched that, so I don't know if it's any good. And aren't they doing a, a spin or a remake of One Day at a Time? What is One Day at a Time? Isn't it like a, it's a Norman Lear show? Oh, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know if it's maybe it's not Netflix, but yeah, I, I just think those style of shows are going to maybe is the ranch is is there a season two for that? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did so you watch I, season one at all? I watched one episode and I was I wasn't offended by it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Wasn't your thing. Yeah. It's cool to see Kelso and Hyde together. Right. Were we talking about that seventy show recently and how just purely funny that is? We have talked about it on we the have, show before. Okay. When we started this podcast, I was re watching that show, so oh, okay, it came up yeah. a lot. It's great. And and it's what so an all star cast. No one in that show is not doing anything right now. I mean, yeah, none of the true. none of the main kids are yeah. out of work. 
I don't think so. Wilmer Valderrama's on NCIS. I know that for a fact. Which I know you don't care for, but that's a good gig. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. You would never. Yeah, sure. He's making millions of dollars. It's yeah. Great. Happy for him. I was thinking that as I was watching it. Like, how long did it take for him to realize how good he had it on that 70s show? You know, do you become kind of desensitized to it? Is it like working for a number of years and then all of a sudden you're unemployed for five years and then you get a job and you're just so happy? Right. I remember I, I, we've talked before about how he was an excellent guest on Stern. Mm-hmm. Um, he said something in that interview which really resonated with me. Not that it, not because it was wise. He just he said a thing and I went, oh, it's cool that you, you see it that way. He referred to Fez as the Urkel of that 70s show. Right. Which he totally is. Yeah. But I don't know that actors always see their character as that right. as the character who's preposterous right and he was yeah but it's it's cool that he saw it for what it was yeah and by the way fez was lovable and mm-hmm. that show was one of the last great multi-camera sitcoms before they got kind of bad again yeah you're right but they'll get good again they will yeah maybe but they've never quite died out to this point no they're never they're never totally bottomed out but what's on right now? I mean, the Big Bang Theory is not going to... Kaylee Cuoco said recently it's going to be very expensive to get them to come back next year. Really? Yeah, and, and it should be because they've, they've made a lot of money for CBS. Sure. Um, what else is there? Tim Allen's Last Man Standing? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any... Kevin can wait? I don't can think, he? Right. I don't think there's a whole lot of real ratings kings outside of the Big Bang Theory when it comes to multi-camera studio audience. Sitcoms. Right. Two Broke Girls, which has been around for a while. We live in a world where Two Broke Girls is one of the veteran sitcoms now. Yeah. It's weird. He says with disgust. You seem like you're about to spit out that (laughs) Take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a dark day. It's a dark time. But uh, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome? I mean, they had that Carmichael show. Is that still around? What is that? The Gerard Carmichael show. Oh, I don't know. I don't know it. He was like a a stand-up comedian. and, And it was kind of like a a Cosby show where they actually tackled like, like real time. Like they, there was a whole episode about, can we like, uh, Bill Cosby? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a conversation you and I have had. Totally. And, and so this show it's a fair actually, question, by the way, actually kind of like poses itself as a Cosby show style show, mm-hmm. but then ends up having like super deep conversations about politics and, and I think that the best sitcoms had, had really serious moments. I mean, yeah. what are your favorite moments of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I mean, everybody talks about, why don't he want me? Like that's <laughs> everyone's favorite moment from the Fresh mm. Prince of Bel-Air. No laughs. Right. And we've talked before about Boy Meets World. Like you grow up on that shit because it made you feel something. Right. Yeah. It made me feel something for Topanga. Always. Mainly. Uh, Peter Capaldi announced he's not going to do any more Doctor Who after next year. Is he the guy who plays Doctor Who, or is he the director? He got. Okay, I'm gonna save you some trouble. Not because I. Care. <laughs> I know. I know that there's multiple Doctor Who's. Is right. he the latest incarnation of? No, Doctor no, no, Who? no, no, no. Let me save you some trouble. Okay. You never refer to the Doctor as Doctor Who. That's a well one way ticket to get reamed out by super fans. <laughs> Doctor Who is the name of the show. The character is the Doctor. The Doctor. Yes. Why do they call him Doctor Who? They though? don't. Doctor Who is a. Is the name of the show. It's a question. That's it. Doctor Who? The Doctor. Right. Doctor Who? It's it's I he's see. not called Doctor Who. Have you watched any Doctor Who? Zero. Okay. I'd like to, but it seems so daunting. Yeah, I know. And everybody says now you're supposed to start with Matt Smith. The, the best thing to do, don't like try and go back to the sixties. That's right. not Matt Smith is when? Uh like ten years ago, I think. He's the okay. guy who's in the crown. He played uh Philip in the crown. Oh right. Kind yeah, of an yeah, odd looking yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, Peter Capaldi is, is quite well-liked as okay. the Doctor, but now they're going to have to start casting somebody else. And just as was the case with Jane Bond, mm-hmm. there is a sect of people hoping that the Doctor can be female this time. Now, as somebody who doesn't know anything about Doctor Who... You think it's totally okay? N- no, I just... I don't know. I don't. Right. I, res- I reserve judgment. Mm-hmm. I don't think that James Bond needs to be a woman, not because I'm not a feminist. I, just, I actually think it's a little anti-feminist to make her a woman. Right. I think that's pandering at its finest. Um, so I think it's probably the same with Doctor Who, but I don't know because I'm not familiar with the show. What I do know is that the actress who plays Agent Carter in Marvel is kind of lobbying to be the new Doctor. Interesting. So, Okay, now I kind of want to watch Doctor Who. 
Yeah. But I just We have to do it at some point. Do I need to know anything about it? If I can I just get into the first season of the Matt guy that did Doctor Probably. Who? Probably. I think I think that's the, the the consensus now. Look, if you want to you want to join us on this, start there. And okay. you can do the other stuff later, but sure. you're going to find it much easier and digestible to start there. Great. And Cuz it had been away like, for a long time. It was kind of the reboot of the series. Right. And is the doctor like a physicist? No, he's a time lord. He's a time I'm not, lord. I'm not sure what his degree is in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's, a, it's about time travel. Those, right. Those blue telephone booths you see that's called the TARDIS, that's his TARDIS, time machine. right. And he just travels through time for reasons I necessary guess. or... Reasons passing understanding. Yes, I think so. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll watch that when I get home or read Infinite Jest. Well, uh, we're going to be off next week because you're going to be in the Bahamas. Yeah. Will you be back the following week or are you off for a... No, I'll be back the following week. I'll okay, be back cool. We'll have Bahamas Saturday. stories then and yeah. maybe we'll do Doctor Who, maybe. So, can we please? That'd be great. Awesome. Okay, cool. It'll force me to watch it. Have a great trip, buddy. Thanks. And uh, I'm going to go outside when I'm down there. You should You should, You should. should go outside. And if I when see you're Will out Smith, of the... I'm not going to trust him. Don't trust Will Smith. If you see a guy on the beach selling sunglasses mm-hmm. who claims to be will smith don't trust him i'm gonna barter him down you're gonna oh you're gonna talk him down <laughs> for some reason i thought you meant barter like i'm gonna tackle him <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the definition for the word barter but i was but, like but it sounded yeah. like it could be yeah that maybe i will tackle him down too if ever you see will smith in public mm-hmm. uh well i'm not gonna finish that sentence because i don't want to be Libel for a lawsuit. For anything that happens. But if I ever see Will Smith in public, I might it. I might approach him. Or at least try to buy his sunglasses. Because he's one of those actors that I don't think I would care that much that I was annoying him. Yeah, fair enough. You know? Yeah. Like, like we talked about Ben Affleck and how I'd want to be you like... You care? You want, you want to be cool in Ben Affleck's eyes more so than Will Smith? I, I do think too, so. to be fair. Because I think Will Smith is going to be cool with whatever fan that comes out. I don't think he's a douchebag. Yeah. I think he's a weird guy. That's why we don't trust him. Sure. <laughs> but we're I, still not 100% sure on him. But I don't think there are many stories out there of him being an asshole to people. We don't dislike him. I know. I know. I think he's probably fine. We just. I just don't trust that don't, guy. Don't quite trust him. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, never trust Will Smith. Peace. <laughs>